Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we usually go back and check out a Netflix original film in the order of release. But today is a very special bonus episode where we're checking out a brand new Netflix film from 2023. It's the action thriller, The Mother, directed by Nikki Caro. It stars Jennifer Lopez, Joseph Fiennes, Lucy Payez, Omari Hardwick, Paul Rachi, and Gael Garcia Bernal. I am Jesse, and I'm writing here solo for this bonus episode on a brand new film on Netflix. So if you're keen on checking this one out, give us a pause, come back a little bit later on, because we are going to talk about this film and probably spoil bits and pieces. But we do start the show with our fast flicks with a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about a mother who's forced to sign away her daughter in order to protect her from her own past acquaintances. Ooh, ooh, intriguing, sounds interesting. Um, I don't know, you're probably living under a rock if you haven't heard about this one recently. Um, big news because this came out on last week, from when I'm recording now, last week on the um, 12th of May, 2023. Obviously just in time for Mother's Day on the weekend, but also on the same uh, day, her husband, Jennifer Lopez's husband, Ben Affleck, uh, his new film called Hypnotic, also released on the same day. So um, interesting that they both are out and about at the moment promoting both these films. We do like to talk a little bit about how the film did get to Netflix, so let's discuss that now. And I think we can go all the way back to Feb of 2021 when J-Lo announced that she was on board for this film with Nikki Caro directing. Um, I guess it sort of jumped into production from October of 2021, went right through to March of 2022 across Vancouver and Canada, the Canary Islands. But as they were filming a few days into it on uh, one of these nice islands in January of 2022, uh, they had to temporarily stopped filming because they had a big COVID outbreak among the film crew, which is a little bit sad. This, um, if we're looking at Netflix original films in the order of release and things don't change too much until we get there, this is Netflix 700th original film, 700 original films, crazy on the actual podcast. If you're following along at the moment, we're sort of only in the up to about 240. So <laughs> quite a lot of films for us to, to cover before we get up to this one in, in the original order. So interesting there. Um, this one does feature the song, uh, this woman's work by Kate Bush from 1988. And from what I can gather, this was Netflix sort of hoping to cash in on the same success they had when they used Kate Bush's uh, other famous song, Running Up That Hill for Stranger Things, because apparently um, that song, based on being on Stranger Things on Netflix, earned Kate Bush about $2.3 million just from being in that one episode, which is uh, crazy, 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 crazy. Across the world, this one is called pretty much The Mother Everywhere. Uh, the only sort of ulterior or alternative title was in China where it's called Loving Mother. So a little bit of a change there. I did mention before that this hit Netflix on the 12th of May, 2023. The week before from the 5th of May, it did have a small theatrical release in America, um, nowhere else that I could see. Let's talk about the critics' consensus on this one. How's it being received? And it's not too positive on Rotten Tomatoes. It sits on a rotten 44%. That's on 70 critic reviews. Audience has it a little bit higher on 70%, and that's on more than 500 reviews. If we go over to IMDb, it sits on a 5.6 out of 10, that's on a bit under 10,000 ratings, and I'm recording this pretty recently from when the film came out, so it's probably a lot higher by now. And on Letterboxd, it sits at a 2.5 out of 5 on nearly 6,000 ratings, but expect those numbers to go up in the coming days. What are my early thoughts on this one? I guess I was excited, I was sort of excited for this, because Jennifer Lopez, action film, her as the lead. 
was excited, but and I can't really fault her. I think, you know, she gives it her all. It's just that she hasn't given much to work with. And most of the situations, they're so unbelievable and unrealistic that it almost becomes a little bit cringeworthy at times. So not the best film, uh, but, you know, it's an easy watch, I guess. Let's talk about the characters. And this, this is where we sort of start off with Jennifer Lopez's character, the mother. Doesn't have an actual name. She's just called the mother. Just to jam it down your throat that that's her goal in this film is to be a mother. And she's ex-military. She's turned FBI informant. And she's being chased by these two bad guys that she used herself to um, take advantage through the weapons trade. So she, she sort of worked them off each other. And, and now she's being chased. But I guess, you know, they want to tell you she's a good enough person. Because when she went a little bit deeper into their... You know, their, their illegal activities, she worked out that they were doing some child trafficking. So she's a good enough person to sort of get out of it um, when she saw that. And I think, um, you know, the idea of her is that she's sick of others controlling her life. So she wants to take it back a bit and, and be herself. But unfortunately, you know, she is pregnant when we meet her at the start of this film with um, a girl who ends up being called Zoe, uh, which is apparently is uh, Greek for life. But she has another thing that's sort of taken control of from her and that this child she 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 can't hold on to because it's too dangerous to live with her so um this zoe child is sort of adopted out for 12 years of, of her life that we don't really see because it's sort of flash forward to for 12 years and you know she sort of comes face to face with her biological mother the mother and we sort of see the difficulties of zoe um sort of having to deal with the idea that she's grown up with a mum and dad and now her actual biological mother's been thrown into the scenes and and I guess this is done through a lot of yelling and, and screaming and defiance towards the mother. Um, other characters sort of talk about Cruz is this, um, I guess the mother's handler um, in the FBI. And early on we see that the mother goes out of her way to save his life. So in return, he makes some promises to her to keep her updated on Zoe and, and how her life's traveling, update her every birthday, those types of things. And he's a man that keeps his word. I think that's an important thing to know. The other characters, I mean, we've got the two bad guys that are really hard to differentiate, really. They're both into illegal trades. Um, Adrian Lavelle, former SAS Marine, um, met the mother in Afghanistan. He's a bad guy. He stabs her when she's pregnant. Um, and like I said, probably the main bad guy, but not really given anything. The same with Hector Alvarez, who's the other bad guy arms dealer who sort of we see at various stages. They both sort of blended in a little bit together, to be honest, when I was watching it, because yes, we know there's two bad guys chasing her, but... They were just chasing her for the same reason. It didn't really add anything having two guys chase her. It could have been one guy and it would have been fine. The only other character is this guy called Johns. He's this guy living out in the middle of the, Alas the Alaskan uh, wilderness. He's, he's a friend. He's a support to the mother um, because they used to serve together at some stage. But that's about all that we get to know about him. Not much uh, character development throughout this film. The director, Nikki Caro. Um, New Zealand film director, screenwriter. Uh, born in the 60s in Wellington, which is the capital of New Zealand. Big films that you know, The Whale Rider, um, sort of got Nikki on the scene. Um, other big films that you know you'd know of: McFarland, USA, The Zookeeper's Wife, that TV series on Netflix, um, Anne with the E, as well as the Disney recent uh, live-action adaptation of Mulan. So, a couple of big films there, including this one. Obviously, if you're, you're given a film with J Lo as your as your lead, it's it's you're expecting big things. I'm going to talk about some scenes now. Start off with uh, things that I liked and then sort of finish off with maybe the things that I didn't necessarily like as much. I'm, I'm going to start. I think there's, there's a scene where the mother takes Zoe uh, towards the end, got Zoe in her control, takes her back to Alaska and sort of goes to this shop on the way back to her house to see John's, the guy I mentioned before. And Zoe, as, as the daughter, calls her out 
on her pretending with this guy to not know each other and um, sort of mentions it's like they were talking in, in code. It sort of gave us a bit of an insight as in, in, into Zoe, her intelligence, and sort of added a little bit of extra concern that, you know, the mother maybe wasn't covering her tracks well enough and danger could be around the corner. So I didn't mind that. I think the other part where once they're there, the mother takes Zoe out to hunt and and Zoe sort of screams and um, shouts when, when she shoots a moose and this big over... Uh, dramatic performance but then we get this quick cut to a bowl of food on the table and and zoe talking about i can't eat bambi's mum and and the mother's talking about you know um it's a stag for starters but what we're eating is rabbit so it's thumper <laughs> i had a bit of a laugh i thought that was funny uh, and then towards the end the big concluding sort of fight in the snow with all these snowmobiles they were okay they weren't too bad <laughs> um i really struggled to find stuff there so this is where we're going to talk about some things that were really bad <laughs> because there were quite a few things i think uh the mother decides to um, sort of, um, you know, realizes that Zoe's in trouble. So got to go back to mainland America to help her. And we, we see her getting out of this luggage container on the tarmac at an airport. I just laugh because we're expected to believe that that's how she got to Ohio. She didn't have a seat on the plane. She was just in the luggage cargo. I thought that was funny. There's this ridiculous um, street chase scene. I think it was in Cuba where nuns get pushed over, oranges go flying, school kids get in the way. There's this wedding happening. And just as the, the bouquet goes up in the, in the air, it's the same time as the villain goes up in the air. It's just one of those, you know, it's like a 1960s chase scene in a film that, you know, was really good for the 60s, but they've just tried to include every little obstacle they possibly could in this one. So that was pretty ordinary. Um, there's a lot. This frustrated me a lot. There are a lot of these wide angle shots where there's lots of little blurred edges around the side. It was so weird throughout it. I read online that maybe it was because they didn't get enough coverage on the original shoot, but for me, it was more off-putting than anything. It definitely wasn't a creative choice. And, um, you know, this is what they're interrogating this tarantula dude. It happens then. The mother's about to get rid of Alvarez. It happens then. And then right at the end too, when um, the mother is waking up from being shot with this salt bullet, it happens again. And it was just off-putting. It took away from this film. So wasn't a fan of that. Cruz and the mother, they're in this hotel room at one stage and he puts her hand on his heart and says, you know, you could have let me die because as I mentioned before, she saves him at the start. And um, her response was that because he gave her water when he was interrogating her, that's why she saved him. <laughs> I laughed. I thought that was hilarious. Um, there's another scene with Cruz and the mother staking this house out with snipers to get that Alvarez guy. And they keep cutting and changing between the point of view through the gun uh, with this poor green digital arrow. It was really bad, really, really bad. Uh, <laughs> Cruz and the mother, they're in the car with Zoe, and then it just cuts to the back seat, and Zoe's like Googling birth parents. <laughs> just, oh man, that was bad. And then uh, when the, the mother leaves them, and Zoe's lying asleep on the back seat in this car, and Cruz is still driving, and this car comes out of nowhere to take him out. She's lying asleep on the back seat without a seatbelt. The driver's cooked. <laughs> Cruz, the driver's cooked, and she's, she's fine. She just wakes up on the back seat, even though this car's almost flipped just ridiculous um there's a scene where zoe when they're in alaska she gets bitten by a wolf she has to go to hospital and the camera hovers over this like admission form where the mother's working out whether she writes in the parent name part oh man made me laugh um the the end shot um i've got to finish on this the end shot we literally see zoe go back to her um adoptive parents and there's this shot of this angel statue with a cross on its back and then we we cut to the mother living in this apartment block almost like a guardian angel over zoe looking at her out down in the park below <laughs> cringy cringy um all right 
themes, ideas. What's this one saying? Obviously, the idea of what a mother does. A mother will do anything for their kids, <laughs> like an angel, like a guardian angel carrying a cross. I'm watching out for them. But there's that idea of finding the balance between love and emotion, and and that can be just as impactful as, as strength, which we do see through this mother character is that she relies on her strength quite a lot. We see this little idea too through the wolf in the Alaskan wilderness, this this wolf nurturing her kids in this den and the mother's paths crossing with her. So that idea of, of caring for the youngest, that was cool. And the idea of redemption too, turning your life around, making things right and moving forward. So a couple of little things in this one, I think. Um, what did I take away from this one? I think that I've probably touched on this, but without J-Lo in this, you wouldn't have a film. Um, she keeps it all, like, keeps it all together, even if she's given the bare basics of dialogue and in saying that it's pretty ordinary dialogue at that. So thank you JLo for being in this. Otherwise this would have been a very, very hard watch. Question time, questions, thoughts, ponderings. I don't have the answers, but why didn't they give the mother a name? Why was she only known as the mother? And I get that's probably the idea of the film is that she'll do anything she can to be a mother. So we'll just push it down your throat that she's the mother. So that, that's probably why that one's there. Let me know if uh, there's any other ideas. I think the idea of the mother sleeping with these two men and they sort of leave it open the, the, about who got her pregnant. Um, and maybe she slept with them to get what she wanted. I think they needed to address it. I think they really needed to to show that she's a really strong woman and that she didn't sleep with them to get what she wanted, but she had romantic feelings for them. I didn't really get that feeling. I think it just needed to be addressed. And the only other thing I think is that, you know, we've got both these bad guys in this story chasing her. They sort of blended in together and they both sort of had fire involved in their downfall of their story. We get um, Lavelle gets burnt at the start and then Alvarez ends up in this burnt down house. It's just not enough distinction between the characters. And that really frustrated me a bit too, I think. All right, ready to wrap it up. Give the film a rating out of five. For me, I mean, it's watchable. The locations, the stunt pieces weren't too bad. It's just missing a lot from that idea or needing to care about the characters or the situations. And and this is that type of film, unfortunately. It's sort of going to slowly fade into the back of the Netflix catalog after the opening week buzzes sort of died off. So unfortunately for me, it's a two out of five. Not the worst film, but two out of five is where we're at. We're on socials. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Give us a follow if you can. Give us a like. The question I just wanted to ask is, who do you think is Zoe's father? I don't know. There's a part of me in the back of my head that was like that guy that worked at the um, the shop in, in Alaska. Maybe maybe it was him, John's. Maybe he was the, the father and we just didn't know it. That would have been a good reveal, but it's okay. We need to finish with the idea that the mother is all that she needs and her adoptive parents as well. Um, Thank you for hanging around for a bonus episode. We've got a huge back catalog, 240 plus episodes with all the bonuses. Give us a search. You might find something you've seen. We'll be back on Wednesday for our regular show. Adios.